Welcome to the Far Above Rubies podcast from the Calvary Chapel Lubbock Women's Ministry. We pray you are built up and encouraged as you listen to this teaching from God's Word. Good evening. Welcome. Welcome to the uh, final study in Colossians chapter 3. Let me go ahead and get all set here. And um, we're uh, Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to be in verse uh, verses 15 through 17. And we have a few different places that we're going to be in tonight, but there's quite a few. I'm not going to go uh, to have you turn to all of them, but um, I would like you to really just focus on that Colossians chapter 3. All right? All right. Thanks for coming tonight. So eight, this eight weeks, actually seven, we had to cancel last week because of the rain and flooded roads and all that, but um, we are here tonight and this is awesome. So Colossians chapter three, verses 15 through 17. So we're going to put last week's and this week's together. So last week's study was um, let peace rule and tonight's is dwell in the word. So I kind of put them both together. And as I was studying last week, I kept thinking those two work really well together. You know, when we dwell in the word, peace rules in our lives and in our hearts. So it worked out really well. Do you remember in um, 1971, John Lennon wrote a song called Imagine? And um, these are, here's some of the words, here's some of the lyrics to that song. It says, imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. So if you know that song, you probably have it. You're going to be like, great, now I have that song in my head. So um, imagine living life in peace. John Lennon was asking and saying that. And and that's what I'm asking tonight. Imagine living life in peace. Imagine all the people, like the song says, living life in peace. Imagine all the people in your home living life in peace. The peace in the lives of your children and in lives of, of those that, that we love. Today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about peace that comes from dwelling in God's word. And First, we're going to go ahead and review what we've already learned over these last few weeks. Um, So this fall, what we've studied has been the relationship between our old nature and the new nature created in the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Billy Graham says, you not only choose between two ways of life, but you choose between two masters. And I think that that kind of puts together everything that we've been studying. It's not necessarily a way of life, but it's who is your master. So um, Paul begins this study, this chapter, by telling us that as believers, we are to seek those things which are above. It says in verse 1, if then, verse 1 and 2, we'll go ahead and read. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. And verse 2, set your minds on things above and not on the things of earth. So Paul tells us to set our minds on things above, to seek after those things, to search. Remember that word seek means to search. And um, 
we kind of gave that picture of when you lose something, when you lose your phone or when you lose, you, you know, you lose your car keys, something that you're, you're like really looking for. We're to seek after the things above just like that. And um, next, Paul reminds us that our old nature has died and we have a new identity. We have a new nature. Paul tells us that we are to put off our old ways of thinking and living. And um, let's go ahead and turn real quick to Ephesians chapter 4. Go ahead and turn there. This is the one other place besides Colossians that, um, that I'd like you to kind of look at and, and keep in mind as we go on. Are we there? Ephesians 4. So we're going to go to verse 17 of Ephesians 4. And it says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of of their heart. And then let's go ahead and drop down to verse 21. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in righteousness and holiness. So there's just another another uh, verse telling us that we are to put off and put on. So after you hear the voice of God and you're made alive and brought to life in him, the first thing he tells you to do is change your clothes. He says, change your clothes. Remember, we likened it to working out, to having a really good workout on a hot day and then maybe doing some yard work in those same clothes and then maybe doing some housework in the, those same clothes And then you go in and you strip off those clothes and you get cleaned up. You take a shower, you get you get cleaned up. And when you when you're finished getting cleaned up, you wouldn't put on those same clothes, right? You wouldn't put on mostly clean clothes and then some of those clean clothes, right? You wouldn't you wouldn't put on the sweaty socks, but maybe change everything else or put on the sweaty T-shirt, but change everything else. You would you would put on clean clothes. So putting off the old person is more than putting off old practices. Because Colossians 3.9 says that we're to put off with its practices. Colossians 3.8 mentions things that lie beneath and behind those practices, like anger, wrath, malice. And so the old person is a bundle of attitudes and emotions and practices that we used to be. That was before Jesus. Colossians 12 gives the same kind of clue about the meaning of the new person that we're supposed to put on. Put on then as God's chosen ones, as holy, as loved. We're to put on compassion, kindness, loneliness, meekness, and patience. So the new person is the new bundle of attitudes and new bundle of emotions and practices that Jesus has called us to become. 2 Corinthians 4.16, you don't have to go there, but it says, Therefore, we, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. 
for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So because you aren't who you used to be, because you have a new identity, seek those things which are above and are not seen. And it's, it's hard to do when, you know, life is in front of you all the time. You know, you've got your, you've got your, your jobs. And especially as women, we, we wear so many hats. But, but the Bible calls us to seek those things which are above, those things which are not seen, to remember who you are, remember who you worship, remember that God is love, and remember that that love can break down walls and move mountains. Love can melt the hardest heart. So tonight we're looking at Colossians 3, verses 15 through 17. So let's go ahead and read that real quick. It says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So I'm, this is our text for tonight. I'm going to go ahead and give three points to tonight's study, and then I'm going to just give a, share a little bit of a testimony of, um, of three ways that, of many ways in my life that, that this has become true in my life, that the peace of God has been so real um, because of the word of God. So the three points tonight are, number one, Jesus' words bring peace because they are God's word. So number one is Jesus' words bring peace because they are God's word. Number two, Jesus' words bring peace because they are life-giving. And number three, Jesus' words bring peace because they conquer the devil. So Jesus' words bring peace because they are God's word. Jesus' words bring peace because they're life-giving, and Jesus' words bring peace because they conquer the devil. So um, the first thing that um, I wanted to share is, and and you might want to write this down, dwelling in the word makes meditation possible at times when I can't be reading the Bible. So the time in my life when this was true, that dwelling in the word makes meditation possible, Um, at times, and peace comes with that when I can't be reading the Bible. The time, there's quite a few times, but the time as I was studying through this and, and, and preparing and just wanting to share something that was so real was um, when I had cancer. Um, At the time that I started radiation, I had gone through a round of chemo and um, two surgeries, and I was on a second round of chemo, and so I went in for radiation, and 
you know, they were, they told me, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's nothing compared to what you've already been through. It's, it's pretty easy. It doesn't take any time at all. You just, you know, you just go in and it's real quick. And, um, so I, at, at this time, you know, my husband had been with me through everything. And so I was like, you know, I think I can do this by myself. I'll just, you just go in and out and, and they made it seem like it wasn't a big deal. Well, it was, <laughs> it was really, really scary. Um, I went in and, um, they put me on, on this table and, and of course, you know, nothing on from here down and, and it was freezing in that room and all the other things that I had been through, the chemo and the surgeries and all the doctor's appointments, you know, my husband was with me, there were doctors, there were nurses with me, but in the radiation room, nobody can be in there because it's radiation. So I'm in there in this room by myself and they, you know, they put me on this table and I have this hand behind me and they basically taped my hand to a um, pole that was like behind me. I couldn't move. And then I had to lay like this and they taped me down so I wouldn't move. And, and, and then to make matters worse, there's really bad country music like playing. And I'm just like, this, this, I was, I was really freaked out. And so this, this big, I'm, I'm the big machine. It's like, it looked like a giant, like an alien eyeball. (laughs) That's what it really looked like. It was huge. And it was like on this, it started here and it moved. And so I had to lay like this for 45 minutes, just completely still while this thing moved. And it's like right here and all the way around, all the way, all the way around. And I was so scared. I mean, I was, I'm telling myself, you know, not to be scared. I'm talking to myself, talking to God and just really, really freaking out. And I keep telling myself, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. It's going to be over soon. And, And, you know, nobody's talking. I just, this thing with me, and I just started to pray. And what, what, was, what was scary was that I was so scared that I couldn't, I didn't even know what to pray. And I was just like trying to remember. So I was like trying to like, oh God, oh God. And, 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 and thinking I've got to keep doing this. I've got to keep doing this. And so I started trying to think of like memory verses and trying to think of the little songs that, um, you know, that we sing in Sunday school, you know, Jesus loves me this. I know because I was so freaked out that I couldn't think of anything else, but how scared I was. And so as I'm laying there on this table and I'm trying to think of memory verses, the, the one that kept coming to my mind was, was I'll never leave you or forsake you. Cause I kept thinking I'm all by myself. I'm alone. I'm all by myself. And so I re- I remembered this verse on that table. Um, when I was trying to when I was trying to, to, to write it down for this, I didn't remember it. So I'm going to, I mean, I didn't re- remember it word for word, but that was just really a picture of how the Lord brought it to me because I remembered it then. It's Deuteronomy 31, 8. It says, and the Lord, and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And I remembered that as I'm laying there for 45 minutes. He will be with you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And I didn't cry then. I didn't. I just kept telling myself, don't cry, don't cry. And so, you know, it's all over. And I get up and, um, you know, the texts, they do this all day, every day, right? And so I'm leaving, and they're like, see you tomorrow. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, I've got to do this 37 more times. And I got in my car, and I said, Lord, I can't do this. I can't do this. 
And so this other scripture came to me. It said, it's Genesis 28. Genesis 28, 15 says, Behold, I am with you. And I will keep you wherever you go. Wherever you go. It may not be radiation for you. It may be something, it may be uh, something else, but there are security, thank you. <laughs> I knew I should have done that. I knew this was going to happen, so. Um, it may not be radiation, it may be. I mean, in a room this size with this many women, I mean, who knows? It might be, it might be something worse. For me, that was one of the scariest things that I've ever been through. And um, the Lord was with me. His word was there with me. And um, the days after that, the next day, when I went in, I told them that they lied. I was like, that was scary. You, you lied. And they were like, really? Well, what, what made it bad? And I kind of told them everything. And they said, well, and I told them about the country music. And they were like, well, is there something else? And so they put, I asked them to put Christian music on for me. And so the days after that, the 37 more days, I was able to just, I actually started looking forward to it because I was looking forward to that time with the Lord and that time with the music, the Christian music. And, and um, the last week, um, the, the text, she was real sweet. She's like, if you promise not to move, we won't tape you down. And so I was like, okay, I won't, I won't, I promise. So that was one of the times. Um, the second thing, or, and let me just say that again, that when you're dwelling in the word, it makes it possible to have peace and meditate, to have that meditation possible at times when I cannot read the Bible. And there's going to be more and more times. We're very blessed right now that we're able to have our Bibles. And there's limited situations because we even have them on our phone. But there's going to be times when we're not going to be able to have our Bibles. So it makes it possible for that. Um, the second thing is um, dwelling in the Word guards my mind and makes it easier to have an eternal perspective. And isn't that what we've been studying to, when we're, when we're um, seeking those things above, when we're setting our minds on things above, we're setting our minds and our hearts on an eternal perspective. So the second thing is, and again, it was when I, when I had cancer, and um, cancer makes you weak, and you all have heard this story um, chemo makes you weak, radiation makes you weak, and I hate weak. I hate it. I hate weakness in myself. I just, I hate weak, you know. Um, if I'm teaching a boot camp class and I tell you to do 10 push-ups and you stop at three and I know you can do 10, it really bothers me. I hate weak, but I hate it in myself more than anything, and it, um, that was kind of my mantra was I hate weak. I would, you know, I'd do a few things, and then I'd, I'd have to sit down, and I'd, I hate weak. And so the Lord convicted me on that, and that um, um, in Second Corinthians, he says, my power is made perfect in weakness. And I remember when the Lord convicted me of that, I was sitting on the couch, and I was really weak, you know, I was bald and skinny and just, you know, weak. And, and He's, and that just kept coming back up and up. And so I got my Bible out and I read it, you know, the whole thing about when Paul was talking about that. And when he says, you know, at this point in Paul's life, he had been beaten. He had been shipwrecked. There was all these things. And he says, I will boast all the more because when I am weak, then he is strong. 
And so as I read that, I sat on the couch and I was like, Lord, I want that. Not that I'm anything, but that if your power can be made perfect in my weakness so that eternity is changed for somebody else, then I want that. I want that. And I would sit there and I'd be like, Lord, I want your power so that not that I can boast, but because when I'm weak, then you're strong. And then I would get up and say, I hate weak. So I'm still, I'm still not there yet. I still, I still hate weak, but I, his power is made perfect in weakness. So dwelling in the word guards my mind and makes it easier to have an eternal perspective. Um, scripture guards our mind and it gives us peace, whether it be cancer or something else. It might be criticism. It might be fear. It might be finances. It might be sickness. It might be sadness. But dwelling in the word brings us that peace because it gives us an eternal perspective. Um, The third thing is dwelling in the word provides the strongest and sweetest words for offering hope to others in need. And I'm probably going to cry again on this one. So, um, and I asked for permission to tell this story. Both of my daughters uh, went through really, really difficult divorces this year within about um, three months time. And um, it was it was really really difficult. And when she said I could use her name, when Talia um, left her husband, it was it was really hard. It was and hard for her, hard for our whole family because you have to understand. Um, I love my son-in-law, and what was going on was just not cool. <laughs> you know, it just wasn't. And she had to she had to get out and. When she came home, um, I mean, I was I was a mess. She was a mess. I, it was it was rough. It was hard. And I remember she had been uh, with us for about three or four days. And I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, you've got to help me. There, I cannot I cannot help my daughter if I'm a mess. And I was like, I can't. I I need to know how to deal with this. I need to know what what um, to say. But I need you. I it was just like, Lord, I need you. I need your word. I need you to give me something, just like you've been so good to do so many times before. And so um, so I'm, I'm opening the Bible, and I'm just going, Lord, I need it. I need you to give me something to hold on to. And uh, he led me to Joel. And in Joel chapter 1, it talks about, um, remember, it talks about the, the canker worm. And he says, you know, that um, what the what the locust has left, the canker worm ate. And what the canker worm left, the crawling worm ate. And then it goes on in chapter 2, and he says in chapter 2, actually, I want to turn there right now because that was a that was a really sweet, sweet, I should have marked it. It was a really sweet time. It says in Joel chapter 2, uh, uh, I didn't mark it, sorry. And I'm not going to be able to find it. But anyway, it says in Joel chapter 2, he says, I will restore. I will restore what the locust ate. And I will restore what the canker worm ate. I will restore. And he kept saying, I will restore. I will restore. And then he says, he says there that then all that see will see that there's a God. And I remember just sitting there and thinking about all that had been left in ruins in that, in the lives, in in our home and in her home. And I just prayed and I cried and I went out into the living room and she was sitting there 
And she was just broken and crying and just like, I cannot believe this is happening. And so I opened my Bible and I showed her and we cried. And I said, God's going to restore it. God's going to restore it. And he has. God is so good and she is doing so good. But if it wasn't for the word of God, you know, if it wasn't for the word of God, who knows? But dwelling in the word, it provides the strongest and sweetest words for offering hope to others in need. And I tell you what, there are a lot of us in need, isn't there? If it isn't a divorce, it's an illness, it's a financial thing. I mean, life is hard. Life is hard. And we need to be able to offer sweet words of hope to those in need. And a lot of times, most of the time, it's those people in your very own home that need that. So let's go back to Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him. Thanks to God the Father through him. So point number one, Jesus' words bring peace because they are God's words. John 3, 34 says, For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. So when Jesus is speaking, God is speaking. How many times do we need to know that there is somebody bigger than us? in the situations that we face. Whether it's a big one or a small one, we need to know that there's somebody bigger than us. And Jesus' words are God's words. We're complete in him. Jesus' words give us peace because he is peace. Um, that is that when Jesus is speaking, God is speaking. So Jesus' words give us peace because he is peace. The second point is Jesus' words give peace bring peace because they are life-giving. John 6, uh, verse 68, Simon Peter is talking, and um, actually there, it's the, all the disciples are there, but Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Jesus' words quicken our spirit to impart eternal life. You know, there are so many times in certain in different situations where we um, are tempted to go and get a quick answer for, from, from the world. You know, either, um, I mean, you name it, there's so many things nowadays, we have it right at our fingertips. Every, every uh, you can Google answers to questions. And, you know, it's, you know, we can ask the Lord that same thing. Where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? You know, when you're on the radiation table, when you're, you know, there's a divorce in the family, when um, the finances, you know, all that, where are you going to go? It says that, that, that the Lord has the words of eternal life. Um, when your family's a mess, when your finances a mess, where are you going to go? 
Jesus' words bring peace because they are life-giving. Point number three, Jesus' words bring peace because they conquer the devil. And First uh, John 1 says, I have written I have written to you because I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the words of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. I've said this before, ladies, you have a supernatural adversary, the devil, and he hates you. He hates your children, he hates your grandchildren, he hates your friends, he hates your church, he hates you, and he is the enemy of your soul. He enjoys messing with you. He enjoys messing with your kids. He enjoys messing with your family, and he is not willing to give up. He's not going to give up because you're having a bad day or a good day. He is not going to give up. He enjoys it. There's been times in my life there's been times this year when I can almost hear the devil laughing and I'm going, God, where is your power? Where is your power? And he's saying, it's right here. It's in my word. It's in my word. Um, the word of God uh, conquers the devil. The, it's like it says right here that, um, that you, have, you have conquered the evil one. You have conquered the evil one. So the indwelling word of God, when you have that in you, the devil cannot stand it. He cannot stand it. And whether it's, it's your own flesh or the devil, when you have that word inside you, use the word of God and it will conquer. It'll conquer the devil. Don't look to what is seen, but what is unseen. So one more time, I just want to read through um, those points. Number one, Jesus' words bring peace because they are God's word. Number two, Jesus' words bring peace because they're life-giving. And number three, Jesus' words bring peace because they conquer the devil. So don't look to what is seen. Look to what is unseen. Take these truths. Take the truths that are in the word and day by day focus on them. Preach them to yourselves every single day. Get alone with God and get his word in, in your mind and in your heart until your heart sings with confidence that you are new and that you are loved. As we close, let's go ahead and read uh, Colossians. Back in Colossians chapter 3, all the way from verse 1. I'm going to just go ahead and read all of it from what we've um, gone through this last eight weeks so Colossians chapter 3 starting at verse 1 if then you were raised with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God set your mind on things above not on things on the earth for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God when Christ who is our life appears then you also will appear with him in glory Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, 
filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you that, Jesus, that your words bring peace, Lord. I pray that you would help us to, Lord, to lean on your word. Lord, I pray that you would cause us to seek after your word, Lord, that you would cause us to want it, that you would cause, that you would, that you would cause us to desire to dwell in your word more than anything else, Father. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Far Above Rubies podcast. We pray this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If you are in the Lubbock area, we invite you to join us in person Thursdays from 7 to 8 p.m. during our spring and fall sessions. For more information, you can visit our Facebook page or give us a call at the church. That number is 806-799-2227. Again, thank you for listening. May God richly bless you.